Hi, everyone. Welcome to There's Always Tea, an uplifting podcast that will have you learning and laughing, well, maybe just a little. But before we start the show, click subscribe or follow now so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. My name is Keith Hoxton, and I'm delighted to be in the studio with my co-host, Nikki Jordan, who will help me digest a feast of facts over a hot cup of tea. And we have a great show lined up for you today. It's one of our shorties, one of our first shorties. So put your feet up, take a breather, grab a cup of tea, because we're going to be talking about why whales sing. And throughout this podcast in the background, you'll hear just that, the ethereal sounds of these magnificent mammals singing. Hey, Nick. Oh, hi, Keith. Just listen to those whales. Gosh, their sound is so unique. It's soothing, uplifting, hypnotic, right? Magical, all rolled into one. And their singing isn't just to entertain, as we will find out. Ooh, and it's so true. I'm so, so happy to be in this higher vibe at the moment, Keith. We're coming to the end of a particularly confronting Mercury retrograde. Thank goodness. Hurrah. So today's topic is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Just listening to these gentle giants of the sea is raising the vibration for us and everyone listening. And the best bit, you don't need to know why or how. It's all just happening. So that has to be good. I love that. Love it. (laughs) Last week, we're on a bee mission. This week, we're talking about whales and their singing. Brilliant. Love it. Love everything that you just said. Uh, And this topic really gets my juices flowing. I love whales. I love the fact that they are still around. And I love the fact that there are more people saving them these days than killing them. Thank you, sea shepherds. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, bless their hearts, the sea shepherds, right, for risking their lives every day to get out there on the high seas and protect these awesome creatures. And actually, happy to hear that they're now also protecting sharks. They've just added that this year. That's fantastic. You know, just a, um, a small number for you to think about. There's over 100 million, get your head around that, over 100 million sharks that are killed every year. Oh, gosh. For soup, isn't it? I think that was that was a big thing. Yeah, I know it's understand. And also the sea shepherds. Yeah. So the sea shepherds saved 5000 whales. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? So I'm saluting the sea shepherds as we speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Salute. Salute them. Thank you, guys. So I see tea. What do we have today, Keith? Yeah, so this morning, simple but rare, a white tea mm. originating in the Fujian province of China, considered by many to be the world's best tea. White tea is made from the freshest young tea leaves. And I felt that it was apt for our podcast this morning. Mm. The benefits of white tea, and you'll love me for it now, Nick, are... Low caffeine. I know you like low caffeine uh, and and a very low caffeine content compared to either black or green tea. Oh, I love you for that. Thank you very much. See, Mars on the case. I'm with you. (laughs) Gold star for Mars. Well done. (laughs) And Nick, our tea may have antioxidant and antiseptic properties if rubbed on the skin. Did you know? And it's also less processed than other types of teas, so retains antioxidants better. And it also boosts the metabolism and may even help with weight loss. How about that? Yeah, I love those. And that's really interesting about rubbing the tea leaves on the skin, too. I didn't know that, so I'll have to try that one. And Keith, do you know what? 
What I'm loving about you choosing the teas is that you're really getting into them, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're all over them. Yeah, you're excited about what tea we're going to drink each week and looking at all the benefits. Fantastic. Yes, I, mean, I feel I feel <laughs> like a 16th century alchemist. That's what I feel like. And I'm having it's fun catching. with it. Yeah, the alchemy is catching. So anyway, tea in hand, let's dive into the vast deep blue ocean. Yes, the very, very deep blue ocean at that. And we're heading to 2,000 leagues under the sea. Oh, that makes my head spin, I have to say. So, Nick, you have a different understanding about whales than most, uh, me included. Uh, so how about you share some of those views, which will set the scene beautifully as we go into their singing and what it's all about? Yeah, and um, I'm not a whale scientist, so I will start off with that, but, um, but more on the ethereal side. So, yes, I mean, it's a big topic, but really simply, there are reasons why the whales are here on our planet. You're not just there swimming okay. around, okay? Just like humans, every animal has a life purpose and the whales are no exception to that. I love that. Mm. So the whales are here for two reasons. One is to manage the oceans and raise the frequency through their intelligence and their singing. Okay, I get that. And the second one? And the second one is to protect the dolphins and the sacred wisdom that the dolphins hold. And actually, the sharks help that mission too, because mm. the sharks are the sentinels of the sea, right? They're the army of the sea. But um, they all together heighten everything that happens, all the um, the codes and different things that are going on. And I won't go too much into it because <laughs> it might get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I like that. One species protecting another. That's really cool. Yeah, the dolphins are doing incredible work right now. And, you know, they, they always have done that, but they need a little bit of protection. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put another ethereal fact out there. And I'm just going to try and keep this really simple. But I have to um, I have to state this. So you've heard of me talking about dimensions, right? And we're in the on Earth, humans on Earth, right? We're in between the third and the fifth dimension right now. Okay. I feel that there's some music needed for that, like... Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure I fully understand the concept, but I'm with you and I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah, remember the X-Files? Remember that music? Yeah, no. Um, no, it's nothing like that. And you don't have to understand it at all. I'm only saying it to illustrate a point, right? So the whales are way above us in the frequency stakes. So whilst we are between the third and the fifth dimension or frequency on Earth, whales are, get this, 10th dimensional beings. I mean, wow. Okay, mm -hmm. if we were 10th dimensional, mm -hmm. we would just be light bodies. So whales are amazing. They are um, super smart, super intelligent, and they have a lot to teach us, actually. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> yes. Okay, carry on then. So have you ever seen a whale up close, Nick? Oh, sadly, no, I have not. Right. But I went whale watching with my bestie Lisa in Perth in Australia a few years ago. Um, but not in the water because I don't dive. And in fact, my only regret is not being able to overcome my own fears to dive and actually see the whales. But I would love that. I know you have. I'm sure you've seen loads of them. So what's it like when you see them up close? Yeah, look, I've had a couple of encounters, like a couple of really close encounters with them, to be honest. And it, um, it's quite it, it really takes your breath away, um, first mm. of all, because of their sheer size. I mean, they're, they're massive. And when you're in the water with them, it's, it's something else. But there's something actually really 
calming about them as well and really hypnotic about them, especially the sound. And it's funny, you know, when you're down there and you, you hear them and you can hear them from and miles and miles away, everything just calms down. You know, your movements yeah. slow down, your breathing calms down. It's unlike anything I've ever encountered. You, in, in a way, you almost mirror the, the sounds that they're making. And it's very, very relaxing. Oh, I just love how you're describing that, particularly hearing it all in the background too. I can only imagine. But I have to ask, have you ever felt scared? You know, because they're so huge. No, never. I did a um, I did a, a swim through once on a canyon system. So the the and with these canyon systems, the water flows through them so fast. You all you do as you get next to it, you literally just put your arms by your side, and the the current whisks you through. And you're going through okay. so fast that you've got sheer walls either side of you. And then what it does is it magically kind of pops you out the other side. And then, you know, you either continue your dive or you float, you know, up to the surface and the boat picks you up. And on this one particular one, I was the first diver through and it kind of popped me out on the other side. I floated up to the, the surface and visibility was pretty bad. But then this massive shape just went in front of me, like literally just past me. And I was only about two or three feet from the surface. And as I came up uh, and hit the surface, there were two humpback whales swimming right next to me. What? Really amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I got goosebumps. Ooh. Yeah. So you never you never get scared of them because they're not they're not scary animals. They're very gentle. You know, even in the water, they're very gentle, powerful, but gentle. So, no. So, no, I've never got scared of their um, of their size, even though, you know, that if you got in the way of a, you know, a thin flick, you know, it can actually do you some damage. But I've never actually heard of that taking place either. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the whales in captivity, we've heard about a lot of different things going on there. But um, in the wild, yeah, with divers, I mean, I it's not my world, so I haven't really heard about anything. But um, I can't imagine. I would just love it. The whale sharks I wanted to see. You know, the mass, they're massive, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out at uh, Ningaloo Reef and out that area in mm. WA. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've been there. I, I went to Ningaloo and I dived with the, the whale sharks there as well. So in and, and actual fact, you don't dive with them. You um, you snorkel with them. But I've done that. So and that's quite something as well. So, Nick, you bring up diving, which then made me think about, you know, communicating underwater. And it's, yeah. it's a real challenge. So as a scuba diver, I've done just over 6,000 dives, you know, so I've, I've done a lot. And, you know, when, when you dive, when you start off diving and all the way through diving, hand signals are actually really important. And it's still pretty effective. You know, it's the, the first thing you learn, you know, the, the hand signals when you learn how to dive. Um, but And, of course, then you move to slates as your diving progresses. But, of course, at depth or in currents, you know, slates can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, the deeper you go, the, the more narked you get. So, um, you know, sometimes you actually don't know what you're writing. Um, I've got some Hang funny on, stories sorry. about those. So slates, because I don't dive. So, so I was just going to say, is that a slate where you actually write on it? And I thought, no, you can't be because you can't be writing into the water. But is it that? Is it because you just yeah, said yeah, you're yeah. writing? Ah, yeah, but okay. they're not, they're not, um, they're not chalk slates. As, <laughs> they're, um, you know, they're plastic, plastic slates that you, you write with waterproof pens. But the, the problem with, with slates is you as you as you go deeper and you get knocked, you know, that martini effect that we spoke about in our Crazy Dives oh, yeah. podcast, you get a little bit merry. And um, so it's not the best. And of course, if you get caught in currents, slates are almost impossible to use. 
So then, you know, as you progress through, uh, through diving, you move to um, transistors or transceivers and full face masks where you can actually talk to, you know, your fellow divers, which obviously makes it a little bit easier. But the, okay. the, really, the really amazing thing about diving is the light and colors don't travel well at depth. So the deeper you go, the, the more black and white everything becomes. And it's actually hard for, for mammals and animals to, to, to see or even smell underwater. But sound moves at four times the, the speed in water than it does in air. So in this dark environment, you know, this marine environment, the deeper you go, um, you, you hear these vocalizations and, and you know that, that that's how these, you know, like whales, for instance, are actually communicating with each other. Yeah. I mean, that's why a chorus of sounds fill the ocean, right? Clicks and pulses and whistles, groans, yeah. boings, cries and trills, yeah. right? Yeah. But the most famous yeah. parts of this underwater symphony are the evocative melodies or songs composed by the world's largest mammals, the whales. I actually like the dolphin yeah. clicks as well, I have to say. I quite like, they're like the percussion <laughs> in the orchestra sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But the whales yeah, they're, they're are quite, incredible. Quite fast. Yeah, yeah, I've heard both under underwater and, and I remember one particular dive where I, I just sat on the bottom because I could hear whales in the distance. And it wasn't that deep a dive, but I literally just sat there and listened to them, you know, Aww. over the distance, just calling each other and singing. And it was really, really something, something really magical about it. Um, and when you know how rare they are, I mean, we almost hunted them to to extinction. Yeah, you know, it's just a when you when you're actually witness to to those sounds or or you see them in the in the ocean, it's it's really special, very very special. Yeah, I I bet that is. My goodness, I can't imagine. I really wish I could get over my fear and do it. Ooh. One day. Mm. So whale songs are one of the most sophisticated communication systems in the animal kingdom, and only mm -hmm. a few species are known to sing the blue, thin, bowhead, minka whales, and of course, humpback whales. They love right. to sing, right? But it's so much more than communication, right? The whale sonar mm. is actually spreading light activation containing higher codes of frequency throughout the oceans. Yeah, that's cool. It's almost like a cleansing, right? Yeah, it is. And, and birds do this as well. When birds sing their songs in front of you, they're actually programming sort of darker energies out of your body. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, these are all baleen whales, um, which use hairy baleen plates instead of teeth to trap their prey. So meanwhile, toothed whales, um, you know, they use echolocation. And they and other species of baleen whales actually make social sounds such as, you know, cries and whistles to communicate with each other. Um, but those vocalizations lack the complexity of some songs. OK, so how do they do it? Well, land mammals like us generate sound by moving air over our vocal cords when we exhale, causing them to vibrate. Baleen whales have U -shaped, a U-shaped fold of tissue between their lung and their, their large inflatable organs called laryngeal sacs. Okay, that's quite an interesting fact. I didn't know that. Yeah, what we what we don't know, um, you know, for, well, we don't know this for sure because it's essentially impossible to observe, you know, the internal organs of a living singing whale. It's not <laughs> like you can put a stethoscope, you know, up to it or a camera down it while it's moving. But we think that a, a whale sings when a whale sings. 
it's a muscular contraction in the throat and chest that move air from the lungs across this U-shaped fold into the, uh, you know, the langri langrial sacs, you know, causing the U-fold to actually vibrate. Okay. Well, it does make sense from what you've said. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the, you know, the resulting sound resonates in the sacs like a, like a choir singing in a cathedral, making songs loud enough to, you know, propagate up to thousands of kilometers away. Right. So, Whales don't have to exhale to sing. That's what I'm saying. Instead, the air is recycled back into the lungs, creating sound once more. Yeah, it's fascinating. So one reason whale songs are so unique is their pattern. Okay, units like moans, cries and chirps are arranged in phrases. Mm -hmm. Okay, then the repeated phrases are assembled into themes. Okay. And those multiple themes repeated in a predictable pattern then create a song. And we have the yeah, finished piece. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's almost the, uh, the hierarchical structure of it. Is a, it's a kind of grammar, I guess. So, whale, I mean, whale songs, what, what we know are extremely variable in duration. And we can hear that, you know, kind of playing behind us, right? And whales can repeat them over and over. In one recorded session, there was one humpback whale that actually sang for 22 hours. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, can you believe that? Yeah. Well, look, hey, do you know what? I have to tell you something, right? So when I was researching the different whale songs, the humpbacks came on, okay, and my dog and cats at home just came to life. They ran up wow. to the computer, yes, and they were staring at it and moving their heads. I mean, the dog was a little bit more um, inquisitive than the cats, I have to say. They kind of hung back a bit, but they were like, what is that? I mean, it really, really sparked mm. their attention. It's interesting, right? That's, that's astounding, actually. But mm. I did notice that uh, Jasper, our new research assistant, is really loving the whale sounds. Looks like he's almost asleep <laughs> back there. Bless his heart. I mean, we aim to have a very positive <laughs> workplace, don't we, Keith? Always. Mm -hmm. So why do they sing? Well, as we said, they are bringing in higher vibrations, right? Higher codes of light in the oceans, and they are the masters of the sea. And that's a huge job given the predators that are around like man on boat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's quite the mission. Yeah. Given that the singers are males and they mostly sing during the mating season, songs might be used to attract females. Okay, or perhaps they're territorial, mm. used to deter other males, right? Sure. So we know that whales return to the same feeding and breeding grounds annually, and each discrete population has a different song. Okay? okay, and those songs evolve over time as units or phrases are added, changed, or dropped. I mean, it's almost like a symphony, isn't it? It's like the family crest is the family symphony, and then they just add these pieces. Yeah as they go along. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. And when males from, from different populations are feeding within earshot, you know, phrases are often exchanged between them. You know, maybe because, you know, new songs make them more attractive to breeding females. I mean, we just don't know. But this is one of the, the fastest examples of cultural transmission where learned behaviors are passed between unrelated individuals of the, of the same species. I mean, sure. really quite incredible. Mm. And we can we can eavesdrop on these songs using underwater microphones called hydrophones. Um, and these help us track the species when sightings or, uh, you know, genetic samples are, are rare. Yeah. And for example, scientists have been able to differentiate the elusive blue whales populations worldwide based on their songs. 
But yeah, cool, sad fact, yeah, sad fact though, the oceans are getting noisier, right, as a result of human activity. And it's really mm. getting worse, okay? Um, boating, military sonar, underwater construction, and seismic surveys for oil are occurring more often now, which of course yeah. will interfere with the whale's communication. So some whales will avoid key feeding or breeding grounds if the human noise is too loud. And actually, mm. humpback whales have been observed to reduce their singing in response to noise 200 kilometers away. You know, it's, it's yeah. having an effect on these guys. Yeah, something that we, you know, that we have to be aware of. And, you know, limiting human activity along the migratory routes and in other critical habitats and reducing noise pollution throughout the ocean would definitely help ensure whales' continued survival. And if the whales can actually keep singing, we can keep listening. And... Yeah maybe one day we'll actually truly understand what they're saying. Oh, that would be amazing. I think we can all agree that these singing whales need to be supported and encouraged because they're doing so much more for us than we are doing for them. We don't even realise, you know, how, yeah. how brilliant they are in our lives. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, we said this would be a shorty and a welcome reprieve from your busy days. So thank you for choosing to join us, listeners. We hope the ethereal sounds of the whales and our facts have elevated your day. Oh, yes, we really do hope, that, hope that's the case. And, and also thank you for your emails and messages on Facebook. We love receiving them. If you like our podcast, don't forget to click subscribe or follow now so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you have any ideas that you'd like to put forward for episodes, uh, topics, then we are very happy to take them on board. You just got to yes, drop us are. an email yep, on feedback at there's always tea.com and follow us on Facebook, TikTok or Twitter. You can contact us on any of those. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing this whale tale with you. Bye for now. Thank you.